and welcome back to the Throat in Rotation podcast. Now we've had another little bit of a hiatus, but we're back. This time is different. We're ready to settle into the off-season, give you as much content as possible. Joining me as ever is Ashley Cadell and Reese Davidson. Ash, you first. Cardinals fan, of course. How did you enjoy the draft yourself and how do you think the Cardinals did overall? Yeah, obviously, it's not not been the best of times as a Cardinals fan uh, of late. Um, but the draft and sort of recent um, off-field uh, developments over the off-season has given me a lot more hope, I think. Mm. I'm excited about Jonathan Gannon. I'm excited about Monty Awesome for there now. I'm glad that Steve Kimes out of the building. It was time for Cliff to go. So, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm really happy with the way in which the drafts um, unfolded too. We're rebuilding and, yeah will be a force to be reckoned with in the next coming years. Yeah, like you say, it's been a dodgy time for Cardinals fan. I think with with Kyler Murray not even starting the season through his injury, you, you kind of needed a bit of hope, a bit of something to, to get you through to the off-season. So fair play to the Cardinals. Reese, you're a Bills fan. How do you think they performed in the draft and how did you enjoy watching it yourself? Well, I'm not going to lie, I didn't enjoy watching it too much. Um, oh, I felt a bit bad company. Gone, but... <laughs> that would, might have been something to do with it, but um, I felt a bit hard done by staying up till 4am to see us take Kincaid. You were fuming, mate. I was fully on the trade for DeAndre or getting Jigba <laughs> train, and I was not happy when I seen we had taken Kincaid and the fact we traded up for him, but after watching some film and reading some more analysis about him, I think we might actually be on to something there. And it opens up some new avenues for us to go with the offense with two tight end sets that we've not previously been able to use. And I'm also very happy with the pickup of uh, Osiris Torrens in the second round, but we'll touch more on him later. We will, thank you. That's a good way to segue into what we're actually doing today. We're each going to pick a couple of um, who we think is the best fits coming out of the 2023 draft. So not necessarily who the best players, but uh, who matches a team needs the most, who's going to fit in with the scheme, who's going to fit in with the culture, who's going to contribute the most uh, this next season sort of thing, who's going to have the biggest rookie impact. So we'll get straight into it. As I say, we're doing two each. Ashley, can you give us your first, please? Actually, Harry, I'm going to just quickly ask you about the box oh, okay. because mm. you, you, we didn't hear what you had to say and obviously Tom Brady is <clears throat> no longer there I don't know if we have discussed it on the podcast so you must be feeling a little bit upset um, yeah we definitely we maybe have not discussed uh, Brady's actual retirement but we discussed it a lot to the end of last season that uh, is probably the end of the relationship the writing was on the wall uh, so it's just time for everyone to move on sort of stuff and I think the first task is has done really well. We've we've brought in a quarterback, Baker Mayfield, who um probably not going to set the world on uh, on fire. He's not going to get a lot of people excited, but I'm uh, I'm going to be excited to um yeah I'm excited to see how it goes this year because it could be uh, could be a big surprise, a nice surprise, or it could be a shit show. Uh, but in terms of the draft, uh, I'm happy with how we did. Wish we'd come out of it with a tackle. Um, but Kalaja Kansi, who again we'll talk about. A bit later today, I think he's a really exciting player to pair next to Vita Vea. So, you know, there's hope. Not great expectations compared to the last three years. Obviously, we've got Baker, not Brady. But um, I, I think it should be a fun year. So, let's go. 
Hmm, interesting for sure. So yeah, let's uh, we'll kick it off then. Um, Arizona Cardinals pick. I'm going for um, Paris Johnson, offensive tackle. We ended up drafting him sixth overall out of Ohio State. Um, we originally had um, the third overall pick, obviously, and we ended up trading down, accumulating quite a lot of uh, nice draft <coughs> capital there. Adding in particular a fourth next, uh, a first next year. So. You know, we're clearly in that rebuilding phase, but ended up trading back up to sixth, obviously, to get Paris Johnson. Um, he's from Ohio State, so, you know, best of the best at college level um, at the elite program. So, you know, you're expecting big things from a guy like this. Um, and, and to be honest, you know, I was really happy with it. Um, you know, he knows the franchise. You know, his dad was drafted in the fifth round by the Cardinals in the 1999 draft. Oh, um, didn't know that. So, you know, it's in the family. Um, and I, I really like him, sort of everything I've heard of him as, as a person as well. Um, I've heard, you know, he's an incredibly smart guy. He majored in journalism and wrote for the student newspaper. And he can also speak Mandarin and a little Portuguese. So I think wow. that's sort of interesting to sort of what guy he is. And some of the stuff he sort of said as well, like he can't wait for Nick Bosa and Mika Parsons. Like I think it's just showing his ambition. And it's exactly what you want with a guy like that. You're drafting him that early. You, can, you don't want to hear no no shitty behaviour like being scared. You know, he's ready for it. He's, he's not afraid of... The elite talent that the NFL has to offer. That's that's important for your for your new regime as well. You want to bring in guys that are your guys that can set the culture and whatever, especially of how it's been in in Arizona the last couple of years. Uh, if he is a, a a great locker room guy, that that's a big addition as well. Oh yeah, for sure. Like um, it's, again, like, like with the Cardinals and the locker room, I think it's certainly not been not been great. You know, you've seen the likes of Buddha Baker come out and say things and. It's not really been the best atmosphere. So if you bring in those sorts of guys who who are going to add to that and, and create that better atmosphere, as you say, then I think that's going to be massively important. You know, um, as I sort of said at the beginning, I'm I'm pretty glad that Kime's no longer here. I, I just don't think he was very effective at all. Um, and I was, we probably would have just drafted another linebacker in the first mm-hmm. round if he was here. But, you know, obviously, as I said at the start with the trades acquiring extra draft capital you know it's it's like we've actually got some good management for once um but anyway for, with the focus on on Johnson himself um you know i think he he really adds some much needed protection to that o line uh, the o line was not great at all last year um losing rodney hudson as well um we had a lot of injury issues even like uh, uh, the guys who were there who were actually good like dj humphreys he was out for quite a lot of the year um, so bringing in a, a really elite talent here is going to be massive. Um, Kyler Murray was absolutely buzzing. I think he tweeted like as soon as um, we'd picked him, like just how happy he was to have him on board. Mm. Um, and I, I just sort of, as a as a guy as well as like, as his quality as a NFL like player, he, like he he's versatile. He can play at both left and right tackle. He's also played at guard as as well. Um, and alongside the likes of Humphreys and Kelvin Beecham, we're sort of turning into a pretty strong offensive line, which, as I say, I think we, we really did need to improve. Um, he, he's massive. He's six foot three, 313 pounds with huge length, 36 inch arms, mm. um, superb movement, athleticism. He's like a physical specimen. And that's exactly what you need in the trenches. Obviously, he's a behemoth. Mm, for sure. And obviously, then he needs to work on a little technique and there will be some sort of teething issues you often quite see, especially with offensive linemen. Early on, they can sort of struggle um, when they first come into the NFL. Um, uh, but, you know, when you're drafting a guy like that uh, with sort of his pedigree and background, you, you, you're looking at, you know, he's going to be able to 
sort of be that franchise um, tackle that, that we've been hoping for. Yeah, since 2000, only 19 tackles have measured in uh, the combine with over 36 uh, with over 36 inches uh, arm length. I mean, wingspan sort of thing. Uh, Johnson is one of them. Obviously, that's why I'm saying it. So he's one of the with the 19 tackles in the last 20 odd years uh, with the with the longest arm. So as you're saying, he's an absolute behemoth of a man. Um, but yeah, for me, the the only issue is he's only played one season at left tackle. He's, could use with some technical refinement obviously but yeah. when you're getting such a, a big physical like if he was technically refined he, he would have been the first player first non-qb off the board sort of thing he looks like a really good um go on reese as you said as well he's clearly got the attitude as well so I, I don't think it will be too long before he cleans up the parts of his game that he's like you don't need him to be uh you don't need him to be great next year anyway with uh with the Cardinals' expectations, with Kyler Murray missing time, so it's it's a building block yeah. for that regime. It's a building block for for that offense and the building block for Kyler Murray. And and yeah, it looks feels kind of like the uh, the Cardinals are uh, they've got a bit of a plan now. They're making some smart moves finally. There's like a, a, an actual strategy. Strategy what we're doing, like we're we're accumulating extra draft picks. We're we're building around Kyler Murray, which I think is what you need to do when you've got an elite quarterback like that. Get the most out of him. Um, so that it just certainly seems like we're actually heading in some sort of direction. Like under Kime and the old regime, it was just like, what are we even doing? Like, there's no like sort of coordination. So no, I'm really happy with the pick. And as you say, um, we don't even need him to like play straight away. We've got the likes of um, Humphreys and Beecham at tackle anyway, who who are pretty decent. Um, may end up playing as a guard, and um, you know I'm 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 happy with it though. I think it's a great pick. Got to be happy with the the process as well. Obviously, cars were picking free, and um, you're happy with the process. Go down to twelve, get the extra picks, but then come up and get the offensive tackle, even if you maybe don't need the help this year. Because um, we did actually we saw a run of of the top four offensive tackles go like all within the top fifteen. So happy with the process, yeah. Oh yeah, obviously you know. We could have easily, we probably would have taken him um, at three if not. So by doing that, it's just made complete sense. Um, you got we got our guy as well. So obviously move back, but making sure we trade back up to go and get the guy that we want. Um, and as you say, get that consensus first tackle, which obviously then afterwards, you, as you said, was the big run of sort of alignment. So yeah, uh, really happy with with what we've done. Yeah, PFF grade of 83.1 in his final year in college, played about 1,600 snaps over the last three years, only allowed three sacks. So, yeah, definitely looks to be a building block for the Cardinals. We'll move it on to another big man, another lineman, this time on the defensive side of the ball. Reese, who have you got for us? I've gone with the first-round pick for the Buccaneers with Kalija Kansi. Let's go! I'm sure you're happy with this goal. Yeah. Um, it just seems like a really good pick for the value of where you've got him. It looked like you needed a tackle, and that's where you would be going going into the draft. But as you said, the top four went very quickly, and running back was probably the other place that you would have needed to upgrade on a bit with Fennett even, but obviously yeah. Jamal Gibbs and Bijan. Well gone. Also gone by that point. Mm. So, I think Kansi was probably the best, the next best thing for you. We, we've all had the comparisons. 
you look at his physical stats, his performance at the combine, he's, he's scarily similar to Aaron Donald. And we all know what he's gone on through, unless, of course, you're Urban Meyer. But um, <laughs> I think in terms of what he can do, he's he's very fast. He's, he's set the high... I think it's the best... 40-yard dash time since Aaron Donald for a defensive tackle. He's, yeah, he's going to be... I think he's going to be perfect on the speed rush with Vita Vea on the bull rush next to him. He looks looks to be really good at stopping the run. He's got a few weaknesses in his game still. Struggles to, struggles to complete his rushes if he doesn't find that edge. But as we say... He's he's got that speed. His his physical stats are incredible. When you can be compared to someone like Aaron Donald, so I think it's just a the perfect pick for what what was available to the Buccaneers, and I think it's a great place for Kansi to go and showcase what he can do. Yeah, I mean we've got the next Aaron Donald, so I mean I'm gonna settle <laughs> for that, aren't I? Yeah, um, like you say, the comparisons, uh, similarities between him and Aaron Donald are. Quite remarkable, really. Same score, like same combine measurable, same height almost, uh, same style of play when they're they're using their speed and whatever. And, and obviously Donald took a, a load more steps after college to turn into the player that he is. And um, it's a bit ridiculous to be comparing any rookie to one of the best players that's ever played. But it's exciting. It's exciting times. Um, and like you say, to, to put him next to Vita Vea in the heart of that, um, heart of that D line is is going to be really exciting to watch. They co- they should complement each other really well. Um, and it's been uh, ever since I've been a Bucks fan really well over the last five years. We've had a really good run defense, and that's sort of where it's all stemmed from, or whatever. Been known we've probably had the best in the in the league over the last five years. But it kind of went down the drain a little bit last year, as most things did. We've lost Akeem Hicks. We've lost some players on that defensive line. So, um. This was a perfect pick, I think, for me. Jason Light has smashed it. We were seeing uh, Kalaja Kansi mocked in the top 10 a lot, a lot in the build-up to the draft. And, um, yeah, he fits us. He's he's a great player. PFF grade of 91.8 in his final year at college. Um, improved every year at college, which I, I always like to see as a, as a thing. He's always he's coachable, looking to improve all the time. Can, can do it against the run as well. Obviously, can rush a pass, so well, yeah, I don't. He had twenty-seven point five tackles for loss in two years as a full-time starter in his time at college. So that just goes to show how good he is against the run. And with 14.5 sacks in that time as well, apparently he's 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 a terrifying player when he can break through into the pocket on a pass rush, and he's not the type of guy that you want anywhere near you. Absolutely. You're going to get targeted by uh, doubles in the run game, etc. But who doesn't these days? So, yeah, I'm very happy with the pick. Um, Fair play, Jason Light. Let's move it now on to my first pick. I'm going with Keon White of the Patriots. Keon had uh, really quite a a weird college career. Started off as a tight end at Old Dominion, then went to to defence, then took a year off and went to Georgia Tech. And he's... um, He's kind of found his feet there. Six foot five, two hundred and eighty-six pounds. Drafted in the third round by the Patriots. He's a player that a lot of people like, but again, with him not having so much experience, uh, he's not got lateral, lateral agility. Um, and again, some of his technical technicalities aren't, aren't so refined. He's got 
not a great feel for for taking on blocks. So I think where do you got to put this guy who's um, extremely athletically talented? Um, he's got so much raw potential, but he needs to be refined. He needs some defensive coaching and, and a lot of it at that. Who's the best for that? Probably the best defensive coach that the NFL has ever seen. Give him to Bill Belichick. Put him in the Patriots. They don't need him. Uh, they don't need him to do too much in his first year, or whatever. He's going to learn in that New England regiment, and and it, it should be a should be a good pick. I think maybe in two or three years for the Patriots. Well, I mean, you look what they did sort of with Christian uh, Barmore, obviously a defensive tackle last year. He sort of come into the league straight away and and did quite a good job. So they're just adding more pieces to that to that defensive line. Um, maybe not necessarily start straight away as you were sort of saying, but um, eventually uh, will obviously develop uh, into that piece. And um, you know, as you said, you trust the the Patriots to do that. He's a big boy. He'll have an impact against the run this year. But uh, go on, Reese. It's it's not like the the Patriots are a team that really struggle struggles for sack production either. If they've got Matthew Jones on there, and I swear every time I watch a Patriots game, I see him make it. He's buzzing about. Sacks. He's buzzing about. Um, but yeah, that's the thing that the Patriots are notoriously good, obviously, at, at finding what a player is good at, and then using the scheme and, and putting him in for the snaps that he's going to be most effective in, and and coaching him up in the similar sort of way. So uh, I think it's probably the best possible landing spot for Keon White and. And uh, they'll be able to ease him in and, and get him to know the Patriots' way. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Did Move you on mention, to your. Sorry, did you mention oh. that he actually started off as a tight end? Uh, yeah, I think I did say that, didn't I? Yeah, he was I, a tight end at Old Old Dominion. Yeah, yeah he I, had a very weird college career. Yeah, I mean, I just I was just reading that. I couldn't remember whether you um, mentioned it, but that's that's pretty crazy. Moving from tight end. Well, I guess it's kind of similar, um, but still. Um, it is, no, it's a weird one. Um, just one thing, Ash. Can you just listen to everyone else when they're talking, please? Let's, yeah, we're doing a podcast. That, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to your next guy, Ashy. Who you got? Um, my next one is Joe Tipman, um, centre, uh, drafted by the New York Jets, um, second round, forty fourth overall, and um, basically uh, after solving the quarterback issues um, by getting in Aaron Rodgers I think the, <laughs> the glaringly obvious one uh, was to try and improve that offensive line um, and bringing in a guy like Tipman um, this early on in the, in the draft is certainly going to do that um, he was ranked 6th in the nation with 85.1 PFF grade in 2021 um, effective in both the run and uh, pass block with a PFF grade of 78.7 in 2022. Um, yeah, he's extremely strong. Strength is also in communication. So if he is coming in at centre, that's going to be vital, obviously, to straight away link up with Aaron Rodgers and get that um, rapport. Obviously, they've already re-signed Conor McGovern, um, who's been playing at centre the last few years. So they're essentially just adding more more depth. You saw the likes of Elijah Vera Tucker take um, quite big strides uh, on the offensive line, especially in the run um, last year. So by just adding some more pieces there, that's going to be um, pretty huge um, because obviously we know how many injuries can affect it. You need the depth and you need the quality in depth. Um, but at Tipman in general, he's done everything what you want at the college level, only um, allow five pressures on 589 pass blocks over the last two seasons um, and only one sack 
uh, in his uh, Wisconsin career. No pressures allowed in his final four college games. So, you know, to me, it seems as though he's going to be a great asset. Some even had him as, like, the best center in the draft. Um, And basically, uh, for me, I think the Jets are just continuing in that upward trajectory. You saw how good that defense was last year. They're now adding in great pieces on, on the offense. So, for me, who knows? Jets may make the Super Bowl. Ooh, smart pick. I think we're going to do a little Aaron Rodgers Jets episode very soon. Uh, we did talk about the Jets a lot last year. Um, now they've added Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and you feel like with the weapons they've got, with how the defense was last year, the only thing that can kind of make that greater and, and for them not to reach, not to have a deep playoff run is uh, the offensive line injuries we've seen over the last few years. If that maintains, if they can't protect Aaron Rodgers, Surely that's the only way that it doesn't work. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of just drafting as, as much depth there as you can, as much talent there. Tipman's six foot six, three hundred seventeen pounds, but he can move so quick, sort of thing. Like he he has been inconsistent in college, as you mentioned, Ash, but his ceiling is is very high. He's got the communication. Uh, you, you'd probably think that uh, maybe Rogers had a little pick, um, a little say in this pick or whatever. Maybe they asked asked Rogers what sort of center they like. I don't know how. Plugged in Rogers is actually into the college prospects. Probably not a lot actually, but yeah, I think it's a it's a smart move from the Jets because the biggest question mark right now is is the offensive line, even though it, it has plenty of talent on it. Yeah, and obviously it, there is definitely holes in that, and you will expect there to be perhaps some teething issues, obviously with with new guys coming in, etc. Um, but I think in general the offense should run pretty smoothly. Um, and obviously you did say that we will be talking about um, Rodgers and the Jets in a bit more detail, but I will just quickly mention that um, Nathaniel Hackett is um, going to come in as uh, um, offensive coordinator, and he got the best out of Rodgers at Green Bay in those two back-to-back MVP seasons. So you'd like to think that the Jets are in quite good hands at the minute. Yeah, it's, it's starting to look a bit worrying for me. With, uh, the AFC East how, is insane. How the AFC East has improved over the last couple of seasons. It's it's looking like it might actually be a rough ride. Who are you most worried of now uh, with Rodgers in the Jets? Is it the Jets? Miami keep adding speed. They look really good. Well, see, that's the thing. It's a hard one to, to answer that. You, obviously, Rodgers coming in is massive. Um but you well, got to see it. you got to see it from the Jets first, really, isn't you? I, I still don't really trust it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Even though... The, the yeah. Dolphins as well, they, they're relying on keeping Tua fit. And I know he's been working on his landings and stuff to try <laughs> trying to get any problems How to fall. there. But I, I think, I think you would ho- I'd have to go with the Jets because, obviously, I'm not convinced Tua's capable of playing anywhere near a full season. I kind of the Pats are um, a sneaky yeah, candidate for yeah, like a bounce back year too. Matt Jones, I like they, Matt they, Jones. They've the the Pats have impressed me with the draft and just some of the moves they've made in free agency. And I think I, th- I think we'd you'd have to call it the probably the best if it, division in football at the minute. It's definitely the up there, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, either the AFC East or maybe the NFC East or the AFC West looking good as people were saying last year. But yeah. Um, do you think the Bills have improved then? Or stay the same? Or I mean, well, obviously you've got to see the rookies first. I, I think... I think with 
we've made some moves that I don't really agree with, like not re-signing Tremaine Admins, big leader on the defense. Yeah. One of my favorite players. You, you always seen him organizing everything. So losing players like that, I think, might come back to bite us. But I, I trust Bean and what what he he thinks, and I think it'll all work itself out. And when I get on to my next pick, I'll explain that I think we might actually have improved mm. our worst Ooh. position. So. Little teaser, I love it, love it, love it. Uh, I think it's quickly, my sorry. On, Go on. on that um, AFC East. Uh, I mean, I know what you're saying about about the Jets, but you consider that they got seven seven wins last year. Um, obviously, top five defense, seven wins with the likes of Zach Wilson, um, uh, under center, like dreadful QB play. So adding in someone like Rogers, etc., that's going to be pretty huge. And obviously, you You've see always how been big on the Jets. So she must be jizzing your pants. But yeah, yeah, I was hot. I was gonna say, uh, hot on the Jets last year with Zach Wilson. Think how hot I'm gonna be on them now. They got Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Um, but I think Reese, for, for your perspective, you've had like a sort of two or three years now where the Bills perhaps had a perfect opportunity with you know the Dolphins had been a bit weaker. Jets were nothing. Pat's not been great. Obviously losing Tom Brady. You now see those other teams um, improving. Have has sort of. You know, has the ch- opportunity been missed for the Bills to sort of capitalize on that and get that Super Bowl? I think the opportunity has been missed for us. Well, obviously we haven't won it, but I think the opportunity for us to have won it and pushed on and just left everyone behind is is gone. But I think I'm looking forward to more competition, and I actually think it might drive us to be better when we have to be on that level all season, keep us on that mm. level of competitiveness, of focus. Yeah, mm. take away the possibility of us doing the usual bottle job bullshit. Yeah, I mean, that's or maybe your um, Super Bowl window is just closed now. Yeah. <laughs> well... Nah, to be fair, like... Still, I don't think you're... you're uh, windows if we're going to be closed that's a good point that's a good point <laughs> i just think you know I, I do take that to be fair because if obviously every game in the nfl is is difficult and you've seen the the bills sort of slip up against like you know the likes of the jets in the past where you wouldn't expect them to but if you are playing regularly playing better quality opposition that is just going to improve you naturally isn't it in the long yeah. run as long as you can sort of keep matching those levels and, uh, and exceeding it. Um, so, yeah, well, I can definitely see it proving working in your favour too. I definitely think that has contributed to our failures in the postseason because we, we get to the point where we've already qualified and we've still got a few games and it's like we just switch off. We don't yeah. look like we want it as much because the game is, is ru- dead rubber games. They don't mean anything to us. So I think just having that level of competitiveness is is going to take us to the next level. And yeah, we might miss out on the playoffs here and there, but I think we still will be the top. Like We'll, we'll still be the number one of the division, the, the one that everyone else fears. Mm, interesting Bills fan blaming their lack of success on just actually being too good for everyone else. <laughs> uh, um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, um, anyway, who's the next guy? I think it's um, it's me next. Yeah. And, um, I, I've gone with quite an obvious one. 
maybe the most obvious from out of the draft. I just, I just couldn't look past it. As Jalen Carter, who was drafted by the Eagles, they traded, uh, they traded up one place up to nine to get him. Definitely, hundred percent, the best prospect on the board in the whole draft. Uh, the only reason he fell, he's not a QB, obviously, and some questions about his attitude, his intangibles, his off the field sort of mentality. But I think that's that's sort of been overplayed, sort of thing. Like if I was a uh, uh, drafting at the top of that draft. If I was a team drafting, I, I definitely would have gone with Carter before. From what I can tell, it doesn't look like he really has attitude issues. He had that big, like terrible. It's a weird thing, and and it was his own fault, sort of thing when he was when he was in the car and um, they were like racing was, and the, stuff, weren't they? Yeah, and, and, and the like, other people died. Yeah, yeah. but I'd, like I don't think that's going to have an impact on how he approaches an NFL scene, sort of thing. And then after that, it must have been a really tough time for him and whatever and he came to the combine and he was uh, like too overweight for the pro day but I believe he's been carrying injury anyway and it must have been a stressful time for him and I just think the upside is it, it, it is massive not not I think is um one of the best defensive line prospects to, uh, to, to see definitely in the last 10 years or whatever um, and it's yet another Georgia Bulldog taken by the Philadelphia Eagles. They don't need this defensive line acquisition. Um, absolutely not. It was not a big need for them, but we know how the we know the importance that they place in the trenches. Um, and it's also like so they drafted John Davis last year, and it's just good for their progression when they can come in, especially these Georgia Bulldogs who have had such a ridiculous defensive line in college that they only play about three hundred and fifty snaps a year sort of thing, and then coming to the NFL, asking them to play double that in a season, you don't know what that's going to do to the stamina or if they're going to fall off a cliff, or especially in that rookie season. So it's a good thing for Carter because of the culture there, the culture that Roseman sets um, and the head coach uh, sets, who I've just blanked his name right now. Sirianni. Nick Sirianni, of course. Uh, they've got a great thing going on right now with the Eagles. He can step in when he's needed sort of thing. doesn't have to play every snap. And his off-the-field issues, uh, I think there are a few teams who are, who are well-positioned to, like, they don't mind about bringing in players with off-the-field issues or whatever. One of them is the Patriots, which is maybe not the best thing for the player because you you got to be so regimented or whatever. But... um. Jalen Carter can come into the Eagles. Like I say, it's a positive culture there. He know he's got. They drafted Nolan Smith straight after as well, so he's got another Georgia Bulldog there. Uh, Jalen Hurts is the leader of that locker room. He'll be able to fit seamlessly with him. I don't think that Carter could have found a better landing space for himself, and I don't think the Eagles could have drafted a better player. So I couldn't look past this as my selection. I agree with you there, and I, I think when you you talk about his off the field issues. There was a lot of talk going into the draft about how it would affect his stock, the fact he had turned down the opportunity to meet with any teams outside the top ten. But obviously he believed in what the Eagles told him, that if he was still there at ten, they would be taking him. And I think the Eagles are laughing. They've got by far the best player to come out of the draft. And he's laughing because he's, he's going into a team that's, he could be the he could be what they need to get over the line. I mean, yeah, there are a few players not far away off. from the Super Bowl anyway. That obviously not, not far off, and they they did lose like a couple of players in their lines and whatever. But 
they couldn't have replaced any better. Carter is the he's the best defensive tackle prospect that PFF have ever graded. Mm-hmm. He um he had ninety pass rush grade in twenty twenty one. Led all Power Five interior D linemen. So did his pass rush win rate. Then he dealt with a, a few injuries last year, but played kind of played through them. Still earned a ninety two point three grade. as as quite ridiculous. Uh, he's such a good defensive tackle prospect, and I don't I don't see any way that he doesn't be successful in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's pretty huge just adding in that quality of like caliber of player already to such a good defense, you know. They they were a strong obviously Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown were obviously massive for, for the offense last year, but they obviously the, the defense was equally as good. Um and I think obviously having that many other Georgia players there is gonna help Carter a lot. Um even Outside of whether you question his character, but he, you know he might still be feeling the impacts of what happened in that accident a lot, sort of mentally yeah. and things like that. So having guys, yeah. familiar guys surrounding him, um, is going to be massive in sort of keeping him up, especially if things get get to like go downhill and you know what the pressure of the NFL is like. Um, if he has a couple of bad games here and there, you know, even if he is struggling a little bit mentally, it's going to be massive for to have those guys in and around him. Um, the only thing I will say, if... obviously, about the defense is um, Jonathan Gannon. Um, obviously, he was the defensive coordinator last year, and he's obviously not there anymore. Um, they've now brought in Sean Desai. I, I might have actually absolutely butchered his name. Sean Desai, Sean Desai um, from That'll Seattle. Um, obviously, he was not the sort of main guy, but he was the associate head coach and defensive assistant uh, in terms of defense for the Haw- Seahawks, they rank seventh in terms of most defensive yards allowed. So not not the best in that regard. Obviously, not completely to who with him, but I think it will be interesting to see how that defense is uh, managed now without Jonathan Gannon. Yeah, I think it's like still feels like Sirianni's defense more than anything. But yeah. it's, that's a good point. But when you get a player of Carter's ability, normally he's going to the team, the worst team in the NFL, the team with the worst record, and normally the expectations couldn't be any higher. Like he could have, he could have gone to the Texans or whatever. Of course, they had two picks. Um, and then it's right on him to do well. And like you say, he still might be suffering the effects mentally. So. If it's not going so well for whatever reason or whatever, the the Eagles can sort of hide him a little bit. They can give him the time to develop and the time to settle his head or or whatever he need. And I don't see any way this isn't a home run pick. We'll move on to our final selection. Reese, who have you got for us? I've gone with the second round pick from the Buffalo Bills. Um, As we touched on earlier, I was going to bring up the fact we've improved our worst position. Mm. We've selected a guard in Osiris Torrance. Osiris? No, the Buffalo Bills, for as, although we've been doing well the past few seasons, our offense has been very impressive. We've actually had a very bad O-line. We were ranked 21st in the 21 season and we fell to 23rd ranked O-line in last season. But we've made some moves bringing in Connor McGovern from the Cowboys and I think that'll sure us up at guard. But bringing in a young guy in the draft in Osiris Torrance. So I've seen many people mocking to us in the first. So for us to get him in the second, yeah, it seems to me like it's going to be a steal. But on Osiris, he's, 
he's a bit of a different type of guard. He he struggles with bending, so he struggles mm. with getting the leverage off the snap. It's huge. Yeah. But he he uses he, he's managed to find ways for his knowledge of the game to counteract this and he does it by the way he places his hands and he, he's real good with his movements to counteract different types of rushes and stuff. And I think it's it's going to take a couple of years for him to shore it up and become a proper NFL starter. But with guys like McGovern there and who the Bills already had, I think it's a perfect fit for him. He's getting to come in on a team that's not far off as well as we've touched on. And I think... A guy bringing in a guy who didn't didn't receive any penalties in college football last year mm. is going to be something that's massive for us as well because the amount of penalties we've got from offsides and stuff like that from the O-line was insane last year and it really cost us in the tail end of the season. So I think that's, that's something that's great for us and obviously I'm going to think we are a good fit for anyone. His um his college tape is so clean as well. In it first two years in college, yeah, didn't allow only allowed twelve pressures, sorry, none of which were a sack or a hit. Then he moved to the Florida Florida Gators, bigger school, bigger level of competition, allowed no sacks, no hits on eight hurries. Um so yeah, he's uh, he's a really good guard um guard I, prospect. I, I, and I, I go on. You've just took us through how good Jalen Carter is as well. And in his time at the Gators, he had to line up against Carter a few times. And from what I've read, he held his own and Carter mm. couldn't get a sniff of anything against him. So I think that's really promising signs. Absolutely. And how we've, we've just rated Carter. Yeah, he's a, he's a really good like guard prospect. Maybe not necessarily his athleticism. He's mixing the... Quick step or, or whatever, but um, even the size. But like you say, his play was so clean. He looks like he's got a great mindset. One of the best names to come out of the draft, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think I think this is a good pick. And you, and you look how effective the Bills were in, in the rushing game. Obviously, with uh, Josh Allen, by adding in uh, an extra piece like that to that offensive line, it's just going to make it even easier. So you know, Josh Allen that, could be even more thing. dangerous. Which is scary to well, think. Just well, that that's that's what I was touching on at the start. We we've been one of the best offenses for the past three years. The things Josh Allen can do is scary. The the long balls, everything he does. But he's not had, when you think about it, he's not really had any protection compared to the rest of the league. So when if we give him protection for the likes of Conor McGovern, who only allowed two sacks and received one penalty last year. Just shoring up the penalties, stopping losing stupid yardage. Just make it as easy for Josh Allen as possible, and I think everyone's a winner. Yeah, it's a good point because it, it, it wasn't easy for Josh Allen last year. There were times when it was looked like everything was on his shoulders and he had no time. As you say, the O-line was breaking down and maybe wasn't even... Diggs getting double teamed, no one's really open, and it's just all on Josh Allen to do, making insane throws or doing it with his feet, and he just lot he looked like it was, like he just had too much to, on his shoulders last year, sort of thing, because couldn't carry the team as far as he needed to. So now I, I wouldn't be worrying about adding another like DeAndre Hopkins or whatever uh, in the in the trade. Maybe I would um, 
if there's no offensive line alternative sort of thing. But I would be concentrating on bulking up that offensive line, giving Josh Allen as much time as possible because he can make shit happen even without great, you know, talent around him sort of thing. And that's the thing. When it comes to wide receivers, you say we're all screaming out for another elite wide receiver, but we don't... We, we don't you literally cried on draft night because you didn't <laughs> trade for Hopkins. There was no tears. There was no tears. <laughs> but we're all, we're all screaming out, but... We've, we've added Kincaid, as, as we said, he's not your conventional tight end. He's able to do things that a lot that the traditional tight end wouldn't do. He's good in the run game, but he can be used out wide on flex plays and stuff. So mm. he, he, he's going to be a great weapon for Josh as well. And we have, we've signed players in free agency who could turn out to have good chemistry with Josh as well. I'm, I'm, I think I'm being a bit unfair to Gabe Davis as well because we've seen... He can make things happen when needed, especially against the Steelers last season with his two hundred yarders or whatever it was. But mm. um, I also think Gabe Davis wasn't schemed for very well last year. I think um, Ken Dorsey just watched the previous year's playoff game against the Chiefs yeah. and just schemed in all deep balls for. Davis, but I think showing up that offensive line as I said, getting rid of them penalties, I think that's going to take us on leaps and bounds. And I think if we do see a better O line, I think everyone's going to be real scared of Josh Allen when he's got that protection. Yeah, he's already a scary motherfucker right now. Definitely, but going back to sort of the the, the sort of receiving core. I did sort of think that maybe in the passing game it was a little bit too one-dimensional. Obviously, everything just sort of went through Stefan Diggs. Like, yeah, you did have yeah. Davis, but as you sort of just mentioned, he, he wasn't really used often. Like, it was sort of very much in a deep ball. He wouldn't get many targets, wouldn't really make that many receptions. Obviously, yeah. I have added um, in Kincaid, um, who is, I guess he's supposed to be a bit more of a pass catch in a tight end. But... Yeah, but Kincaid gives us the option to play the two tight end sets, yeah. which we've not had before. So. But I, I, I still... guess that adds a different dimension from going to Diggs, but I do agree with you. Like, as I say, I was fully on the D-hop train. Yeah. I was very upset when it did happen. I... You were probably <laughs> buzzing, but I did have that one over you as well. I, I, still, I feel, yeah, I... I still think maybe another wide receiver of some sort would would be would be useful just to you know, especially with as we just sort of said before about the quality of the rest of uh, the AFC East. Yeah. But in general, you can't be too too disheartened with what the the Bills have done so far. I think I'm I'm I'm, I'm I wouldn't say I'm over the moon with it, but I'm I've come around a lot from when that first pick got put in, and I think. In the grand scheme of things, when it comes when it comes to the start of the season, we'll see an improved Bills team, and I think we'll be ready to go. And hopefully, as we said, improved competition can push us that bit further. Mm. All right, so that was our six best fits from the NFL 2023 draft. I'll go through them all, just name them all quickly, and then I think we'll just have a little discussion about which team uh, won the draft, quote-unquote. Um, so number one, was the Cardinals with Paris Johnson. Number two, Kalijah Kansi, who was selected by the Bucks. Number three was Keon White for the Pats. Number four, Jets, centre Tipman, Bills. Number five, actually, was Jalen Carter to the Eagles. And then the last one, as Reese just said, the Bills drafted Osiris Torrance. So I think the consensus, really, I mean, Peter Schrager reported that 
NFL execs were getting pissed off with how much praise Howie Roseman and the Eagles were getting for how they're drafted and the moves they make. Do we sort of see that? Is it, do we believe the dra- uh, the Eagles were the the best teams come out of the draft? They made the best moves, or do they have competition? I think one hundred percent the best team. I think they won the draft, no doubt about it. But picking up Jalen Carter at ten when he was the best player, as we've said, we've touched on how good he is, and the fact that they managed to pick up DeAndre Swift for a fourth as well, I think that just yeah. Yeah, I forgot them, about that. Them actually. two things overall just put them above anyone else in terms of how the draft went. The only, in fact, one team I could see coming close, possibly the Texans, with the trade up to go back to back, getting a quarterback, mm. and me D'Amico getting a defensive player to like kind of build up and make his own, if you get what I mean. But I think in terms of the right now, the Eagles are the are the team that win it for me. I think. All right, yeah, I think my brain did oh. naturally go Eagles, but I. I'm going to choose another team, and I'll say it just so you don't have to, Ashley. The Arizona Cardinals, for me, I think might have won that draft. Mm. We, um, we've we already talked about uh, Paris Johnson and the, the building block and how important that may prove to be for Kyler Murray and the whole the whole franchise, really. Uh, we've also spoke about how their, their trade-ins that they did. They've collected picks for next year, which is what you need to do when you're drafting. Picks that can actually, just a little side note, PFF... Um, did a way too early 2024 mock draft, and uh, they they have a model. It did 10,000 simulations of the NFL season, and as things stands, it, it came up with Cardinals were the team of the worst record, Texans were the team of the second worst record, um, and you have the you have the Texans first pick, don't you? Next year. Um. Yeah, we've got the yeah. the Texans. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the PFF mock draft had the cards picking first and second. So the point is, you've built up some draft capital for next year. It could be absolutely massive in the rebuild uh, for the new regime. I also really like BJ Ojolari. I yeah. think he uh, he was mocked in the in the first quite a few times. I saw that a little bit. He's uh, brothers with the Giants, Aziz Ojolari, and I'm led to believe he has kind of a similar playing style. Um, but yeah, for me, the Cardinals picked up a lot of players, a, a few that I think were good value for, for where they picked them. Some players who should be able to go in there and help set a new culture and you also picked up draft capital good solid draft capital for next year as well so i think mm. the cardinals are right up there with any team oh yeah for sure um and as i see the, 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 i think the quality in which we've we've added already this year is huge and definitely for next year uh, and you think if we are getting sort of the first or second pick that can gives us even more scope to then perhaps straight down you know i don't we're not going to need a qb so if there is a team that needs that that first overall to get the qb um, then you know we could potentially see see that happening and get some more. Um, so we're all set up for the future. And again, I I, I liked the uh, BJ Ojolari pick as well. We definitely needed help on, on the edge um, with no JJ Watt and and Zach Allen going too. So again, filling holes. I also sort of liked the the Garrett Williams third round pick at corner because yeah. we desperately needed a corner there. And, and Michael Wilson uh, wide receiver in the third round just adding some a, a few more pieces um, on that offense especially if D-Hop stays. Um, but I was thinking that I think uh, that the Seahawks actually did um, pretty a pretty good job um, obviously getting that corner in Devon Witherspoon, fifth overall. Clearly he's um, mm. got the talent and that's going to go with um, 
Tariq Woolen, who had an excellent year in his rookie year. Uh, and then also, obviously, adding um, Smith and Jigba. Uh, obviously, him and DK Metcalf on that offense is going to be huge. You saw the improvement in the steps that Geno Smith took last year by adding that. Um, obviously, they, um, to the weapons that they're going to have should help, should probably push them into quite good candidates. Again, you look at the, our division you know, with, with the Seahawks now at, and the 49ers, that, that's going to be a pretty pretty tough division. Um, and obviously, let's not forget, they've still got Kenneth Walker, who had a good rookie season. He's going to develop. And obviously, drafting, I think it's um, Zach Charbonnet, is it, in the second round? So, you know, there's a lot of weapons now yeah. added to that Seahawks team. So I think the Seahawks have definitely had a very good draft too. I've got to agree with you there, that Jackson Smith and Jigba pick got to me a bit because it was him or D-Hop in the first round for me mm. but I think adding him to an offense that's already got Lockett and Metcalf is Unreal. is just going to take Gino to, to another level as well. It, it yeah. adds a different type of player. He's, he's, a, he's not as big as Metcalf but he's he's good to on run after the catch. He's, he might not be as physical but he, he's still going to put up big numbers for Gino and the Seahawks. The biggest winner of the draft was probably Geno Smith. The Seahawks were like, people were mocking Anthony Richard to him and stuff. They easily could have got a quarterback in, in any round. Um, but no, Geno's got no competition for this year at least. And he gets the best wide receiver in the class as well. Bit of help on defense. Geno Smith, happy days for him. And I'm glad for him as well. Oh, you know what? What? The folks you said had written you off, maybe? What did they say to them? Yeah, they wrote me off. I ain't right back, though. Mm. That's the problem. I ain't right mm. back. Let's go. All right. Congratulations, Gino. <laughs> Thank you. They wrote me off, and I didn't I write back. back. Yeah, probably one of the quotes Dog. of the NFL 2022 season, along with that Jameis Winston one, but we won't get into that <laughs> right now. It's time to wrap the episode up thank you all for listening thanks for all for getting this far and stay tuned there should be an Aaron Rodgers episode coming out very soon and we should also be getting back to a, uh, a regular sort of pattern now that we're in the off season uh, so like subscribe do all of that stuff like let us know if you've got any feedback Reese, I believe you've got something to say before we go just put your hand up or no, I was just waiting to throw my usual bye, bye. alright well we'll end it there ciao